2: This is SoCal Live with Scott Furrow. Join the conversation now by texting Scott in the SoCal
1: Live studio at 213-537-3812. Good afternoon, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to Southern California Live Hour 2 on our Friday edition. It's Friday and that means... Open Line Friday. We will talk about whatever it is you want to talk about. We'll let you change the subject. The number is 888-528-2557. 888-528-2557. Anything you want to talk about, we'll go there. Bible question, question about the news, or you can just keep us going in the conversation that we're going to have. As we begin, uh, I want to talk a little bit uh, about what is going on. Obviously, the biggest story in the news is the indictment of Donald Trump and everything that means here's the question that i want to ask about that we won't know all of the details and i know this bugs some people right but you got to we got to wait and see what they release you know on whenever we find out we'll find out on tuesday i guess what's actually in the indictment and uh we probably already know but there's a possibility we don't whatever it is you know we'll make those decisions but here's what i you know whatever whatever side you're on with this too what is the impact on our country? whatever happens here right whatever he whether he 's acquitted or he 's convicted at some point, whatever happens, okay what if you 're fifty years from now and you 're looking back and everybody who is the primary people involved in this have passed away uh, what 's happened to our country through this? and I say this because people have an awful lot of on, of things to say that are pretty dire. This is on uh, MSNBC, Chris Jansing interviewing Eddie Gloud.
3: Some will see this indictment. Eddie as proof that no one is above the law. Other people are looking at this as a sign of a weakened democracy. They think it's a dangerous new precedent or a case of judicial overreach. So, you know, if there is something it tells us about the state of our democracy, what is it? We certainly have heard the argument that it's under threat. Is it weakened? Mm. Is the separation from left to right so big that already it's weakened? Where is our democracy right now? And what does this indictment say about its strength?
4: Well, we are in a cold civil war.
5: There's no doubt about it.
1: That's what he responded right away is that we're in a cold civil war. Are we? Is that true? Is that where we're at? And if so, gosh, you know, that's you know, I my assumption is that whatever happens here and I hope to be wrong, but I, I think I'm right, is that whatever happens with this Trump thing, there's going to be division and it's not going to sway a lot of people one way or the other, because we do seem to be in a place where people have made up their mind without even knowing a lot of the facts. OK, or thinking we know the facts. That's another thing to be careful about is, you know, on Monday or what was a Wednesday, I think they told us that we wouldn't see any kind of indictment, that the grand jury was going to be away for a month. And I thought that meant, well, they're not going to do it. And then lo and behold, yesterday, there it is. Right. And maybe what was reported was what was reported was obviously false, uh, not about the vacation, but the idea that they weren't going to get to the uh, any indictment decision. And obviously that was wrong. Who knows what's wrong? But there is a couple of things that I am worried about, and if you want to join the conversation, what does this mean for our country eight 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 five two eight two five five seven You know, are we having a cold civil war? And you know, we'll have to talk about how to get out of it. But I'll tell you something: Nancy Pelosi had a tweet today that's getting a lot of attention, and here is why. Uh, she said this: she said the grand jury has acted upon the facts and the law. Now we actually don't know this because she also doesn't know what's in the you know, what's in the indictment. Um, but okay, let's just say that that's you know what they did. No one is above the law. Fine, absolutely right. But the crisis right now is that Americans think, and I think truly believe, and are and could be very right, that there are different tiers of justice that we do not have equal justice under the law. And it's certainly its Republicans think that the law is different for Democrats. If Donald Trump is indicted, why not Democrats who have been accused of worse things? You know, Hunter Biden or Hillary Clinton, things like that. Um, But many other people feel there's not equal justice for poor or rich or different races or groups uh, versus other races or groups. There is a crisis growing that is either a perception that's incorrect about equal justice under the law, or it's one that is correct. Now, there's always, there's never going to be perfect justice, right? There's always going to be you know some people get better justice than others and it's not justice right but the system is never going to be perfect but i think that there is a place right where there is sort of an acceptable amount of problems versus some place where it gets over over the line where people believe it's deliberate where people believe that it's not just a function of the system or a function of of some people have better lawyers or lawyers make mistakes or those kinds of things but where there is a political motivation but here's the part that worries me the most about what she tweeted, actually. Here's, here's the deal. She said this, and everyone has the right to a trial. This is the speak former Speaker of the House. This is somebody who's been in our government for, what, 40 years, I think, who is one of the most prominent people ever, a, a very, Nancy Pelosi, like her or not, she's very effective in the House of Representatives. That's the reason she would end up Speaker, you know, twice. Um, she knows what she's doing politically anyway. But here's what she said. She said, and everyone has the right to a trial to prove innocence. I want you to think about that. She says, everyone has the right to a trial to prove innocence. Hopefully the former president will peacefully respect the system which grants him that right. That statement is not true about our system. Our system, in our system, And everybody listening to this, we have to hear this. We have to hear this. And I don't think that she was doing this deliberately. I think that she is reflecting the way people think today. Okay? Now, maybe she's making a deliberate statement about this, but I – and it's possible. She's shrewd enough politically. I think that's true. But I think, actually, she doesn't realize the gravity of the mistake she just made. See, our system, you're innocent until proven guilty. See, in our system, when she says everyone has the right to a trial to prove innocence, no, 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 no. You have the right to a trial so that the government can prove your guilt. There's a huge difference in that. Now, you might fully believe that Donald Trump might be guilty of something, and you might fully believe that that's true. You might end up being right. But until a court rules on that, a jury rules on that, We have to proceed as if he is innocent, and we as a nation have got to, with any case, not just this one. I mean, this one's going to make the news, and every bit of it's going to be nuanced and shredded apart, but in all the cases we don't hear about, in all the cases where we wonder about justice being done, the fact that we can, a prominent person, and I think a lot of people might not even caught this, would say... That the right to a trial is to prove your innocence, that is wrong. The right to a trial is so that the government has to prove you guilty. That's super important. See, and a grand jury doesn't do that. A grand jury, you know, the old statement is they can indict a ham sandwich if you wanted to. The grand jury uh, doesn't do that at all. Uh, here is uh, Martha McCollum explaining a little bit of that.
3: It's interesting to sort of roll back for a second and, and think about what the process is here. This is a grand jury process. This is not a trial. So the bar is, is there, essentially it's Alvin Bragg saying to this grand jury, look, I'd like to bring this case and I'd like to use, you know, the system in New York to do it. Do I have enough to do it? And all they heard was his side, right? Mm-hmm. You know all of this. I don't have to tell you. So all they heard was his side of it. So now he's gotten them to go there with him, right? And now what you're going to get is just a cascade from everyone I've talked to this morning of motions, of uh, of legal you know pushes to try to drag this thing out over a long period of time and who knows where this goes from here today and tuesday are the big high drama moments in this politically and in this stage of the game but after that i think you're going to see a very long drawn out process
1: what happens on tuesday is uh, donald trump will show up in court and be arraigned but what's important here is he hasn't been convicted of anything and i wonder if we understand that 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 the grand jury doesn't do that that many people are indicted and then they're acquitted, or, or, or sometimes it doesn't even go to trial. Do we realize that? And so this is such an important thing, the presumption of innocence. It's something that we have to demand. We have to demand it when we're accused of doing something wrong, right? This is why you have the right to do even simple things like go to court over a traffic ticket or something. I went to court over a parking ticket once and uh, I won, And I would like to say that I won because I presented such a powerful argument. I actually won because the officer didn't show up. But I think I had a pretty good argument that I didn't deserve that parking ticket. And at least you have the right where that officer would have had to show up and prove that I parked the way he said I parked, right? Uh, Small things, big things. This matters a lot. I think that sometimes we – fold our hands and we just assume somebody's guilty just because they're accused. Sometimes guilty people who are really guilty, who everybody thinks is guilty, sometimes they they get off because of a technicality in the law. Um for example, you know Bill Cosby was let out of jail even though he was convicted, right? The reason he was let out of jail is because it turned out upon appeal that the prosecutor lied uh about a a certain confession that he gave. And the prosecutor said, we won't use this against you in court. And what happened is, is, is he confessed for one person, and they sort of worked some things out there. And then that prosecutor was taken off the case. The next prosecutor said, well, I didn't make that deal with him, and I'm going to use that information, and then convicted him on it. And the reason that he got out of jail, even though he was guilty, even though he admitted he was guilty, the reason he got out of jail is right because his rights were robbed. It matters a lot. It matters a lot, and it is justice done, not really, but justice wouldn't be done either way sometimes there's a there's a mistake here, but the the idea that you are innocent until proven guilty, it matters, it matters, and it worries me that I think we all make assumptions about guilt based upon what we would like to see happen based upon those things uh, like that um. The presumption of innocence according to Cornell Law School is it means that any defendant in a criminal trial is assumed to be innocent until they have been proven guilty. As such, a prosecutor required is required to prove beyond a reasonable doubt that the person committed the crime, if that the that the person committed the crime it's funny, Cornell's law school is I just cut and paste this and the, the language is wrong. Uh, to prove beyond a reasonable doubt that the person uh, is to be convicted only upon that. I'm going to have to make this up because I've got it wrong. Uh, To do so, proof must be shown for every single element of the crime. That being said, a presumption of innocence does not guarantee that a person will remain free until their trial has concluded. In some circumstances, a person can be held in custody. Uh, Presumption of innocence is not guaranteed in the United States Constitution. However, through statutes and court decisions, uh, it has been recognized as one of the most basic requirements of a fair trial. It's a principle of our country. And that's one of the things that I am worried about with this. And the idea that Nancy Pelosi, who, whether she was being shrewd by making this tweet or whether she was, I think, maybe just reflecting the way people actually think these days, it is not a good thing. When uh, And if you just tuned in, she tweeted as part of her statement today that... Uh, everyone has the right to a trial to prove their innocence, and that's wrong. Everyone is innocent until proven guilty. If you're ever arrested for something, you've got to know that. You've got to make sure your attorney understands that. You Part of the job is to make sure the jury understands that. Have you ever been on a jury? Uh, a joke that I tell people if they want to get off a jury, and I don't recommend doing this, is when they ask you if you can be impartial, then look at the person in the defendant's chair and say, well, if he's sitting at that table, he must be guilty of something. See, you can't assume guilt. Uh, that's wrong. Now, if you say that in court, by the way, a judge is going to see through you, and that judge is going to say, I, I listened to Pastor Scott on that show, and uh, I know where you got that, and you're in contempt. See, don't, don't mess around when you go to jury duty. Just do your duty. But uh, that's the that's the joke here. That's a serious thing. All right, 888-528-2557 is the number, 888-528-2557. I've got some other things that concern me about... Um, Kind of where we're going as a country, and that's the question that I'm asking is, regardless of whatever happens with Donald Trump, what uh, what's going on? What is the th- things that we should be... Uh, thinking about as far as the future of our country. Eight 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 five I'll come back to this. I want to get a couple of your calls here. It is Open Line Friday, and uh, so I wanted to uh, take your calls, and Open Line Friday will change the subject briefly, but I will come back to that. Pastor Harold in Englewood. Hi, Pastor Harold. How are you?
5: I'm great. How are you doing, Pastor?
1: I am doing fine.
5: Yes, um, I wanted to—I I would love to comment on that because I just want to say real quick, I want to talk about Passover, but I want to comment on that, what you just said. And one of the things i like to comment on, I wish us Christians would vote Bible. Not person, but Bible. And when we vote, look at what person represents our values and what we stand for, and then we vote on that issue. Because, Dan, I think this whole big thing with uh, is a spiritual battle uh, between the, the darkness and the light. I think this whole thing is about which, which is about which way the country, which way the country wants to go. And, and we know that Satan wants it to go to the dark side, and we know what Christ uh, stands for. And, and if we understand that much, that it's a spiritual battle. It's not lesson and, and we're and as a country, we're losing that battle if we don't come together and stand for the things of God. And we're going to lose that battle ever since if we're going to allow satan come and bring his things into our our existence
1: yeah i think that it's uh, getting harder and harder to even decide which side represents uh christian values uh in a lot of ways because sometimes we disagree on that but at the end of the day uh you know our our faith is not based on who's in power our faith is based on us making disciples of the people that god has put in our lives um and uh to let them know that jesus died for their sins
5: Yes. Yeah. Now with that said, thank you Pastor. With that said, I was just wanted to talk about Passover because I think that there's a day coming right now that a lot of Christians and 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 uh, don't understand what Passover means.
1: Next Thursday.
5: And I want to say it, it, <laughs> it's it's Thursday. It's uh, actually uh Thursday on the 5th. On Wednesday night starts uh, the Passover, but that's the day Jesus died on the cross. And so when I say that, meaning in Exodus chapter 12. He died on Friday.
1: The Passover was the night before.
5: Okay. Well, it says in Exodus, kill the lamb on the 14th day of Nisan. Kill the lamb on the 14th day of Nisan. That's Passover. That's, That's when he said kill the lamb. And guess what? So when we see that, even when Abraham took his son to the mountain on Mount Moriah, his son carried the wood which Jesus would carry the cross. Yeah. And as he, as Abraham took his only son, Jesus was, Jesus was saying that you're going to take your only son and you're going to sacrifice him. And and before Abraham would kill his son, Jesus stopped him and says, Abraham, I'll show you something that's going to happen in the future. And he showed him that his son will be sacrificed on the same mountain. And he showed him a lamb, a ram in the bush had thorns on his head. Jesus would have thorns on his head. And this all happened on the 14th of Nisan on Mount Moriah. And so. So
1: you're, you're saying, I want to speed yeah, you up okay. here because we got a whole bunch of callers, Pastor, but yeah. you're talking yeah. about how this reflects what Jesus actually did during Passover week. And people miss that a lot.
5: Yes, and people miss that a lot. And And this day is so important to Christians because he gives us a date. He says the 14th of Nisan, and a lot of people say, Well, I never heard of Nisan. Well, if you go look at Exodus chapter, I mean, uh, East Esther chapter 3, verse 7, it says Nisan. The whole Bible has the Jewish
1: month. Yeah, it's in the, it. Jewish, uh, the Jewish uh, calendar is what that is based on. Hey, Pastor, you know what? Next yes. Thursday, I wonder if you would call back and share some thoughts about Passover because we are going to talk about it uh, on Thursday. Are you free for that, or do you do a Passover yes, I'm, event I'm, I'm at your free church? For
5: that. yes. I'm free for
1: that. All right, I'd love I'm to have you. I'd love to have you call us Thursday next week, and then okay, uh, we, I will. Thank yeah. you. hey, thank you very much, Pastor Harold. Um, Pastor Harold is a great guy, by the way. I've got had a chance to meet him, and uh, he loves the Lord. And it's great to have you listening. And I look forward to hearing you on Thursday. Um, open line Friday, and I'll get to your calls here. We have a few different subjects. We'll get back to the Trump stuff um, and uh, what it means for our country in a second. Uh, Joan in Huntington Beach, welcome to Southern California Live.
6: Hi, my name is Joan. How are you doing, Uh, Pastor Scott?
1: Hi, Joan. How are you? I'm fine.
6: I'm good. So I just have a question I'm curious about. I just want to get more information on fasting. It's something that I do, but I don't know if I do it right or um, the best way of doing fasting. And um, what would be your advice if somebody is trying to fast and
1: now you're talking about um, religious fasting right to uh, yes, a, a spiritual discipline
6: fasting spiritual discipline if you're fasting for something, yeah or whatever you're fasting for um I would just to get learn more about it. I don't know if you can briefly just talk about it and give some direction on fasting
1: sure, I can do that you know uh it's a it's a big subject, but uh what uh, Joan is talking about is a spiritual discipline that you do find in the scriptures, and there is some expectation, I think, that people would do it, right? It's it's prayer and fasting. There is something that you yeah. do for a particular time. Jesus gives us a couple of instructions, and I think that uh, this is a significant thing because throughout the Bible, one of the pieces of fasting is that there's something going on between you and God, and it's private. Does that make sense? That Yes. One of Jesus's comments in Matthew 6, he says, whenever you fast... Do not look dismal like the hypocrites, for they disfigure their faces so as to show others that they are fasting. Which is kind of funny when you think about it, but but people sometimes would, you know, do spiritual things, but they're not really doing it so that they draw closer to the Lord. They do it because, yeah. you know, they do it because they want other people to think they're spiritual. So, right. so Jesus says, the first thing you know about fasting is this is between you and the Lord. Jesus says, truly I tell you, they have received their full reward, but when you fast... Put oil on your head and wash your face so that your fasting may be seen not by others, but by your Father who is in secret, and your Father who sees in secret will reward you. It's a spiritual discipline between you and the Lord, and it's not an opportunity to let everybody else know you're fasting. Now, sometimes you might have an event at church where we're going to say, hey, we're going to fast and pray on Friday. Okay, so you know Mm -hmm. those people are maybe fasting with you, but your goal is not to go to work and let everybody know how spiritual you are, Because you're angry because you haven't eaten, right? Yeah, (laughs) you know.
6: Yeah, so yeah. So do you give up? You have to give up something during your fasting. So it could be food.
1: Yeah, I think it's mostly food. During that
6: time, do you pray?
1: You, what I do, I'll just tell you what I do with that when I do. it. Uh, Mm Yeah, I don't eat, which is hard for me because I do get hangry. Although I've I have discovered that when I do it for some reason I don't on that particular day. I think the Lord is with me that day. Um, Yeah. And when I do it, I usually, you know, some people, it's really between you and the Lord, right? It's a private thing. I What I do is I won't mm-hmm. eat. I'll usually drink water. That's it. Um, and I'll do it from sunup to sundown. Mm-hmm. Um, that's how I have done that before. And I pray through the day. You know, part of it is when you feel yourself getting hungry or you find yourself missing that thing you're fasting from. What that is, mm-hmm. is it's the reminder, in my view, to go pray the reminder and it's a, it's good to take maybe the day off or do something where you have that opportunity to pray. And I do it whenever I have a big decision to make, or I have Uh something going on where I just feel like I've got to get things right with the Lord. And, uh, you know, that is a big (laughs) thing. And Jesus also taught that, you know, it's, you know, to not let other people know you're doing it and to, uh, that you're going to be blessed by the Lord. Um, Oh okay. So I mean okay, it's not good, you don't do it for you. the blessing but you do it uh, yeah. you will be blessed if you do it. Yeah, yeah,
6: yeah. Okay, yeah. perfect. Thank I you, hope that you so helps much. You, Joan. That answers my question. Oh yeah, I helped a lot. Thank you. All right,
1: you, Joan. God bless you, Joan. All right, uh, Ted and Dave and others online, I'll get your calls as soon as we come back from the break. This is Southern California Live. The number is 888-528-2557. 888-528-2557. I'm Scott Ferrell. I'll Be back as the Friday edition continues. Stay tuned.
2: This is SoCal Live with Scott Furrow. Text Scott right now in the SoCal Live studio at 213-537-3812. Hey, has
3: this uh, cr- a criminal allegation, this indictment, already become too political? Donald Trump is raising you know a fortune more than a million dollars, a million and a half or more. Just on the threat of the indictment, a large number of politicians you know, are doing that. You're fundraising on it.
2: Uh, look, I think that this is going to be certainly a political issue um, in in terms of defending the rule of law on the one side, in terms of, I think, subverting the rule of law on the other.
1: That was Andrea Mitchell interviewing Adam Schiff. And I'm kind of laughing because you kind of have to watch it. And it's I think it's a shocking question coming from MSNBC to Adam Schiff because they're kind of on the same side of things. Where she points out that the indictment and the, the political troubles, the, the legal troubles that Donald Trump has, it's raising him a lot of money, and it is. Some people think that this whole thing benefits him tremendously. I think that's possible. But then she, she turns it around on Adam Schiff, California congressperson who is running for Senate, by the way, and says, you're raising money on this too and if you actually see the video of it to my shock she actually puts up on the screen a fundraising letter that he's already put out raising money on this indictment and he just kind of stumbles his way through it he doesn't really i think he was surprised you know so good for her i'm glad that she uh, called him out on that uh, because that is something that is happening on with all of these things both sides make a lot of money and as we started this hour we were talking about Not the specifics necessarily about the Trump case. We'll know more about that next week. But the what does this mean for America? Like 50 years from now, you know, what are people going to look back and see? However it turns out, the division we have, you know, are we a country that, as one person said last hour, we're in a cold civil war? Not a caller, but an audio we played. And uh, I'd like to get your thoughts on that too. It's open line Friday, so we'll talk about whatever it is you would like to talk about. so you can change the subject you've been if you've been waiting this week to give us a call 888-528-2557 888-528-2557 uh let's see Dave in Los Angeles welcome to Southern California Live
7: Yeah hey thanks for uh, uh thanks for uh you know, the show and you know touching this this subject about the indictment uh I agree I think that 48 hours ago it was a different country um, look, the United States of America has been fundamentally changed. This is not so much about Trump, um, left, right. What, what has been done has never been done in the history of this country. And so now, because of the indictment, it could have been somebody else. It's Trump. Um, there's been now a precedent that's been set forth. And that precedent is, if we don't like you... We are going to make sure we destroy you, however and whatever it takes. And so going forward, I'm already kind of hearing some rumblings of this, is that they're looking already at prosecutions across the country, prosecutors, attorney generals, whatnot, because if they can do this to a former sitting president, which has never been done, then they can do this to anyone, anyone, city council, school board, uh, You name it. Everyone is now fair game. And this is one of the things that this country uh, has never had. And it's one of the reasons we never had it was because if you go down this road, which we've already crossed the line, when you go down this road, it ends up in a free-for-all, at which point it's a never-ending game that everyone and anyone can be prosecuted. So it opens up – not only does it open up a further division, but it actually weakens the country from within because of this type of thing. And if you look at the district attorney, Bragg, and who was supporting, where he was getting his money from, George Soros, donated to an organization which was donated to him, mm-hmm. uh, Soros, who was looking to um, undermine this country. You look at the teenage years of George Soros, and you'll have a deeper understanding well, of we, that
1: man. We understood, we understand that you know people, even people on both sides, are concerned about the political, uh, the look of this being political, right? And I think you said something that uh, is another thing that I'm also concerned about. It's future people running for office. Are they now going to be concerned that maybe something that happened in my business or didn't happen, just something I'm accused of? I might get indicted for after I leave office, right? That's where I think this goes beyond Donald Trump, right? This goes beyond – there was a hesitation to indict Hillary Clinton even though she had a server in her house where she deliberately, clearly deliberately uh, went uh, against the rules of the State Department for how to deal with your documentation and emails. And yet there was still a hesitancy even just a few years ago to go after her we've seen that with other people. So there and this case most people think is not even a very good case. You you have to you know, I guess that Dave that if if the evidence were to come out and all of us say, "Oh, wow, he's actually very guilty," then that would change things, right? We would say, "Okay, well, this is okay." But when the evidence comes out and if we're all just still in the same camp and still divided and everybody kind of thinks it's political, it's very bad. It's a, it's a very bad it, thing for our country.
7: It, it, it is, and it and it's what you see. If you look at totalitarian countries, if they NATO, all go
1: after their, they put their political opponents in jail. Yes,
7: uh, and,
1: and they I, find and a I way. That, uh, it was Stalin who said something like, uh, "Find me my opponent, and I'll find the crime."
7: Yes, something and to I, that I think effect. that back to what you said with Pelosi. Um, you know, I said it before, but if you tell a lie long enough and loud enough, people start believing it. Because what she said, and I agree with you, you need to prove your innocence. Um, that is nowhere in the Constitution. That is nowhere in the in the law of the United States of America.
1: Right, you're innocent until proven guilty. So it's it's a frightening thing. See, and and I I tried to say, and I appreciate your call, Dave. Thanks for calling and sharing the Southern California Live. Uh, I think that one of the I, I mentioned before, I don't know if she was when she said Donald Trump has an opportunity to prove his innocence. I don't know if she's being shrewd politically by making a statement to say he's guilty or if she is actually saying something off the cuff that reflects how a lot of people think today, that a person who's been accused of a lot of things is just guilty Um I mean there are there are people who are guilty of a lot of things but might get accused of something that they actually didn't do and they still have to be presumed innocent. That that's something that, you know, for each one of us, each one of us may have accusations from the law from parking ticket all the way up to whatever we might be accused of, we have to demand that that we are considered innocent until proven guilty that the the burden of proof is on the state. That's one of the reasons that people on both sides of the aisle are a little worried about this prosecution, because there are multiple things that make it look like. I'm not an attorney, so I don't. You know, I'm just repeating what I hear from people. There are multiple things that people say make this seem like it's not a very good case. This is uh, Alan Dershowitz, for example, and Alan Dershowitz is not a Trump supporter. He is a Democrat. He voted for Joe Biden. But he has been against these prosecutions of Donald Trump because he feels like it's political and he has taken a lot of personal heat. And what he's saying here is that not only is it not a good case, but he's he's arguing that the statute of limitations has already run out on the initial crime and that it might even get thrown out of court altogether. Do you make a motion now? Do you wait
3: until
7: the process gets no, no. a little bit you further? Make... What, what is the next step? You make a motion immediately to dismiss on statute of limitations grounds and on the grounds that uh, the the alleged crime doesn't fit the the misdemeanor or the felony. Now, I haven't seen the indictment, obviously, so I'm talking in general terms. But in general right. terms, you make a motion to dismiss on both statutory grounds and statute of limitations grounds, and the statute of limitations grounds should prevail. Now, the New York Court of Appeals has had very negative rulings on that, so it's impossible to predict what will happen.
1: See, he's arguing that the statute of limitations is is only two years, and during that period of time, nobody decided to prosecute. The, the federal government didn't, and neither did the previous district attorney. Um, But Alvin Braggs, the New York district attorney, is deciding to prosecute. I heard somebody say, I wish I had thought of this. He said, you know, the funny thing is that uh, he's prosecuting Trump for this. But if Trump actually did shoot somebody on Fifth Avenue, he wouldn't prosecute for that. He'd let him go. <laughs> Which is kind of the policy there. If you remember that statement that Donald Trump once said that I could shoot a guy on Fifth Avenue and uh, my supporters would still support me. Uh, that's true of some, I think, unfortunately, but uh, I thought that was a funny comment that he wouldn't be prosecuted if he actually shot a guy. But on this crazy thing, because it's political, they're going to prosecute him. All right, 888 528 2557. 888 528 2557. Uh, when we come back, open line Friday. And uh, Ted and uh, Cheryl, I'll get you calls as soon as I come back. This is Southern California Live, Friday edition. I'm Scott Furrow. I'll be back in just a minute. This is SoCal Live with Scott
2: Furrow. Join the conversation now by texting Scott in the SoCal Live studio at
1: 213-537-3812. Welcome back, everybody. Open line Friday. 888-528-2557, 888-528-2557. Let's go to Ted in L.A. Ted, welcome to Southern California Live. How you doing, Pastor Scott?
2: Ted, City of the Angels.
1: Doing well, Ted. How are you today? The sun is out in the City of the Angels.
2: Amen to that. Thank God. Thank um, God. Just want to touch on that, you know, they love to always, because it reminds them of the Democratic Party, is we're a democracy. No, we are We are a republic for which it stands, one nation under God, indivisible, and in liberty and justice for all. The reason why they don't like to say that we are a republic, because then it would remind you that there are republicans here.
1: Do you, so, well, you know, do you think that people—it's um, an interesting thing. There was a controversy a few years ago where— Republicans started saying not Democratic Party, they were saying Democrat Party, and the Democrats did get upset about that for some reason. They wanted to be Democratic, but they really are Democrat. Um it's not really meant to mean democracy. Do you feel like that's uh you know, if you're listening, you're a Democrat, is that what you think Democrat is, as Republican mean republic? I'm not sure that it that either party really means that. But you are correct. It's something that we should know is that actually we're a republic. Uh, Amen. You know that's why your governors—that's uh, why governors made different decisions and different states, had different COVID experiences, because we're a republic, not a democracy. Right. Uh, it matters Are you a still lot. There? Yep, still here.
2: Okay. So, and then backing up to you know when the president was uh, shunned for when they when they asked him what about the shootings, do you think it was a hate crime? The correct answer was I don't know. Now he did joke around. When he, which was in bad taste, but he's eighty, and we all make mistakes, <laughs> uh, you know, which had nothing to do with what had happened.
1: Yeah, uh, the, only
2: God, yeah. only God knows his heart.
1: Yeah, well, right? you're, you're right. You got, we, <laughs> you know, we shouldn't. It's a scary thing, though, if we're going to give everybody a pass because they're eighty. It's like, well, then should you be there or not? It's a, a Scary thing. Ted, thanks for your call. I want to get to some other calls here today. Uh, President Biden didn't respond too well, you know, to the shooting thing. I think he just didn't real. It was an odd thing, all the joking around. Then he got serious. And what he initially said was OK. If if you didn't follow that, there was a scene after the shooting on on. uh, uh, Monday, where all the networks went to live President Biden and they thought he was going to make a statement, but he didn't get to that statement for a long time. So he was making jokes about being Mrs. Jill Biden or Mr. Uh, you know, Jill Biden's husband and making jokes about ice cream and the kids and, and all the networks pulled away. And, the, and, the, and this happened on every station, right? And all the anchors are kind of confused going, well, I thought he was going to, and then he eventually said something. Um, but yeah, it was, a, it was a mistake. 888-528-2557. Cheryl, welcome to Southern California Live.
6: Hi. Um, yes, I was. I'm calling to speak on the indictment of the former president.
1: Yeah. Um,
6: yeah. I don't. I guess I disagree with your callers. I don't think that the country has going to be in any type of trouble because of this. Um, and on top of that, I think we really should wait till all the facts come out. We don't even know what's in the indictment. Not yeah. to mention that there are three other investigations. This is not just some isolated case. And I honestly believe that for the most part, when we follow the law you don't really have to worry about anything. So I I would think it's more about letting the facts bear things out and not jumping to conclusions like you decide. And people tend to do that. And to me, that's just fear-mongering.
1: It's also another problem, right? And if you listen to these clips that I've been playing, the Dershowitz one I played recently, in every one of the clips today, they all hedge on the idea that we have not actually received the indictment. We don't know all of what's in it. And that's important, right? It's, you know, I think what the hope is, Cheryl, is that once these things come out, that because it's a former president, because of the the potential of future presidents in either party being threatened by political, you know, charges, that these charges need to be very clean and very clear and it's gotta be greater than some misdemeanor that is a two hundred dollar fine or something. You know what I mean?
6: Yeah, I understand that, but yeah. it's not the only investigation. That's, yeah, they're all they're like all different. There's but three others.
1: yeah, the other ones, most <laughs> people say the other ones, there's more serious. Saying... Yeah,
6: but yeah, I think you're... I mean, so. It's not just one.
1: I would right. think it would be
6: different if it was just one, but it's three others. And we should yeah. at least wait till everything. Well, there they're done.
1: they're not connected, so he might be not guilty on three of them and guilty on one. Right, that might be how it turns out. Uh, they're they're very different things, each one of them. But I think the jumping to conclusions thing is a big deal, right? Is that we're jumping to conclusions and we weren't on that jury and we don't know what the indictment says. Um, but my hope, my hope is that if there is a real crime, something that a a person should be prosecuted for, that it's really clear. So people on both sides have to agree. Uh, Cause if, it, yeah, well, if it's not, then I think we're going to have, uh, then I think we've got political problems that are, they're very bad. Uh, I
6: believe God will answer my prayer that the truth will come out about all of
1: this. And that's a great prayer. We want the truth. We want the truth to be very, very clear. Uh, And and I think that brings unity on these things. You know, some people will never believe it on either side, right? But I think most people do when it's really clear. And I think that's a really good prayer. Cheryl, thanks for calling and listening to Southern California Live. All right, let's see. John in Lakewood. John, welcome to Southern California Live. Hi, Pastor Scott. How you doing? I'm good. John, how are you?
4: Good, good. Uh, Pastor, I was just wondering about um, Donald Trump. Were you um, saying that um, he's innocent or he didn't do uh, anything?
1: I'm not saying either. You know what I'm saying is that what I what I hope turns out is that whenever these investigations are are in the public whenever they really go to trial, if they do, I hope that the evidence, if he's being charged with crimes, I hope that it is so clear that most thinking people will agree. You know what I mean? If it's fuzzy, right. if it looks like, you know, a lot of people are saying, and there's people even on the left who are suggesting that this New York case anyway is not a good case. Um, if, if it turns out that it's not a good case, let's say that that Alan Dershowitz is correct and Trump has the case thrown out that it doesn't even go anywhere. Right. You know, that's going to look like a purely political prosecution. And the frightening thing about that is the future, the the future of people who would later be want to be president in either party. You know, the Democrats are in there now, but if it was the Republicans, you know, if it was reversed, you know, are there would the Republicans really go after somebody for political you know, they might, and it, it might mean that people who ought to be president won't run because they once had a business, because they were successful in business, and if they're hated, which is what we do to the people on the other side these days, you know, we can't be a country where we just right. try to prosecute our opponents um, for small uh, things. I understand that. Yeah, that's the, con- that, but that's uh, the right concern. Right
4: now, Republicans and Democrats are going after one another politically.
1: Yeah, politically they are, but—, you know? but Charging people with crimes that are either not crimes at all or that are very fuzzy um, it gets uh, it it creates I think a bad scenario that's why I'm hoping that you know if that either this gets immediately thrown out and everybody agrees that was the right thing, or that if the president is guilty and should be brought up on charges that it's very clear. Right. It, it needs right. to be, you know, eventually, you know, people were on with the Nixon thing. Right. Everybody was on their party side for a long time. But eventually, when it was discovered there were tapes and when it was discovered that 18 and a half minutes were erased and it was clearly erased, you know, everybody on both sides agreed Nixon had to go. And as painful right. as as painful right. as that was, it was also in a strange way unifying right? There was still a lot of division and a lot of acrimony and it was very hard, but both sides agreed. Whatever happens with this, I hope that it comes to a conclusion where both sides agree. And, you know, on the one side, we need to be a country where nobody is above the law, where that's true.
4: I totally agree with that. I was just going to say, I mean, I think Donald Trump brought this upon himself. I mean, he started out, you know, he calls people names. He, um, uh, but none of those are crimes, right? Like
1: being okay. being a jerk election doesn't being be,
4: a fraud, correct? I,
1: being a you being a jerk about. doesn't mean that you should be brought up on charges. Like, and I, I think that, I think but, it means you're uh, more likely to be brought up on charges. I think it's an interesting thing, right? Is that, you know, when when you know our behavior I used to have a uh, a roommate who was an insurance adjuster and I worked at Circuit City at the time, you know, selling TVs and stuff, and he would call me up for pricing on things when somebody's house got robbed. But if that person was a jerk to him, he would ask me for what is the lowest possible price for this T V. And he would just right. he would lowball them and they would never know, but the reason is they were a jerk. Uh there's a there's a lesson for all of us about how we treat people, I think. But at the same time you know, I, we should I, I
4: agree with you. I I agree with you on that and I think that um you just hit the nail on the head, you know, um this situation with Donald Trump, uh, um, the way he has treated people and treated the country, really, uh, you know, I know the Lord put on my, upon my heart uh, when he was going to try for re-election that he wouldn't win, number one. And number two, he'd be arrested. And um, you But know, he needs to be like guilty of something, See, and,
1: and that's the danger here is that despite what we might think of him personally or what anybody thinks of behaviors, right. if he didn't do it, or if or if this really is something that you wouldn't normally bring charges for, then this is actually super bad and the other side is being a jerk, right? I mean, it's...
4: Right. You're, it say, is, you're saying that, that this is, I know people are saying it's unprecedented and, and this and that, but again, back to your point too, we don't know. We don't know if they have tapes.
1: Right. We, there, could be, know, there could be evidence that comes uh, uh, out know, that, that all the details. Correct? Yeah, that's correct. And right. uh, so, so we need I to be that, we need to be aware of that.
4: Right. And I think people have to understand that, you know, um, Donald Trump does have uh, a lot of uh, followers. But, you know, just because you try and, um, you know, get the crowd um, riled up doesn't mean you're right. Right. You know there yeah. are some things that will come out, and like you said, hopefully, um, you know yeah. it will be finite as to if he is right. did do something. Right. Yeah. Uh, but you know, John, if and it, if it
1: turns out he didn't, then everybody's got to be on that page too, whether we vote for him or not. Uh, it is right. a, it is a bad and, thing if it if this all turns and, out to be like the Russia thing, which wasn't true it turned out right uh then this is another very very bad thing so anyway i got to go we're almost out of time here thank you for calling john i appreciate it and uh, the rest of your calls i see you jt harry david i won't get to your calls here cuz we're done for today hey be in prayer for our country this subject will also obviously come up next week as we uh get more information and uh you know we trust in the lord that's what we do and whatever happens we still have a savior who died. Have a happy Palm Sunday and Holy Week. God bless you. I'll see you on Monday. Thanks for listening to Southern California Live. God bless. Have a great night